Welcome to The Ugly Game, a brand new football podcast covering the dark side of the world's most popular sport. From ritualistic killings committed by popular local players to highly publicized instances of murder and betrayal, we'll visit all four corners of the globe to explore soccer's seedy underbelly. For today's case, we find ourselves in Italy, a country well known for fantastic food, breathtaking architecture, and picturesque locations. As far removed from these idyllic scenes as you could possibly imagine, 2022 was the year of a truly despicable crime. Not only did the actions of Giovanni Padovani shock football fans across the nation, but it also asked questions of Italian society. Discussed extensively by politicians, covered in documentaries, and debated fiercely, this harrowing tale will focus on the reality of controlling relationships and the actions of a man driven to the edge of his own jealousy. Originally from a seaside town in the province of Ancona, Giovanni Padovani had a normal childhood. His younger years were characterized by a love of sports and a burning desire to attain fame and fortune. Starting out his youth career with one of the nation's biggest clubs, Napoli, the central defender was well on course to achieve his ambitions. Padovani's finest moment was being called up to Italy's under-17 national team, training with future stars including Lazio defender Alessio Romagnoli and Roma's Brian Cristante. Things could have turned out so much differently for the talented young player. We meet Padovani in 2021, and his career hasn't turned out as many would have predicted. Bouncing between clubs in the third and fourth division of Italy, the 26-year-old is more prominent for his Instagram modeling career than achievements on the pitch. Standing at over six feet tall, with a tattooed and muscular physique, he was an imposing figure. As his model girlfriend would come to realize, Padovani had a temper to match. A frequent user of social media, the footballer would regularly interact with fans and build up his modeling portfolio via Instagram. But on this particular day in July, an unfamiliar woman appeared on his feed. Though she was more than double his age, Padovani immediately messaged the mystery woman, Alessandra Mattiuzzi, a 56-year-old fashion influencer. The pair immediately hit it off, and following several meetings in the first month, the two began a relationship. Alessandra was drawn in by this ambitious man, who dreamed of living like his idol, Cristiano Ronaldo. He appeared to friends and acquaintances as a fitness obsessive, but behind the good looks and polite demeanor, Padovani was a deranged narcissist. By August of that year, cracks were already beginning to show. Reports describe an incident in which Alessandra wanted to sleep early, silencing the ringtone of her mobile phone and muting notifications. The following morning, she found 22 unanswered calls on the phone, all coming from Padovani, who was supposed to be away with his football club at the time. Ominously, there was a gap between the first and last calls to her number, during which a video had been sent. Padovani had set up his phone to record in the middle of the night, 
and filmed the porch of the apartment building where she lived. Every three days, a woman is killed in Italy. So every three days, there is a femicide. 33% of women between 16 and 64 years of age did go through some kind of violence that men perpetuated against them. Padovani's online presence was suggestive of a man who respected the females in his life, with one image displaying the player against a striking background, with text highlighting a national campaign to end violence against women. No to violence, he wrote as the caption. The problem with domestic violence in Italy is certainly a significant one, with poor responses from law enforcement, a lack of support for victims, and the cultural repercussions of a fascist society all to blame. Though Italy is far from the only European nation in which male-on-female violence statistics are shocking, these details are a stark reminder of what goes on behind closed doors in even the most developed of countries. Alessandra Mattiuzzi already endured a strange relationship with her new boyfriend, since both lived in different cities due to their professional commitments. This was worsened by transfer gossip constantly linking Padovani with a move elsewhere. Entering 2022, Padovani and Alessandra had an unsettled life together in which they would argue daily. The couple's fights even became so violent that the footballer would smash dishes and glass objects with rage. Though their online presence created the illusion of a perfect relationship, the reels of romantic dinners and smiling images of them together were all false. The new year did nothing to help matters, and Padovani's strange jealousy began to step up a notch. Although living a lengthy journey away in Sicily, he sometimes appeared at random on her terrace, climbing up to the second floor of the building in the middle of the night without warning. Neighbors and friends of Alessandra record incidents in which Padovani would threaten his girlfriend, disconnecting her meter from the outside to gain her attention and extending his control to her phone and social profiles, forcing her to stop using Facebook and ordering her to remove all male contacts from her social channels. The coercive behavior would only worsen. Confiding in friends and family, Alessandra revealed that Padovani would become enraged if he didn't receive a video every 10 minutes, revealing her location and who she was with. The controlling boyfriend even went so far as to call his partner's friends, seeking confirmation that she was not with other men. On one occasion, Padovani contacted the rest home where Alessandra's elderly mother was hospitalized to make sure she really had gone to visit. Towards the end of their rocky relationship, a neighbor stated that Alessandra asked her not to open the door if Padovani attempted to get into the building. She was fearful of his fits of rage and constant exertion of power over her. The two were together for only a year before separating, and she highlighted him to the police on several occasions as their brief romance fizzled out. At the end of July 2022, she had reported him for stalking, and Padovani was the subject of a ban on approaching his ex. Unfortunately, this only added to his rage. Viola, lo scambio con il compagno riesce a sbucare il pallone per il cross che viene deviato da Padovani nella propria porta gollonzo da parte del giarre autogol del difensore Padovani rivediamo qui 
obsessively focused on his former lover and neglecting the sport he once held in such high regard. August 2022, Padovani left his team on the evening of an important cup match and flew to Bologna, giving few details of his reasoning. Having remained infatuated with Alessandra during the months since their relationship ended, he was still tracking her every move via a mobile phone geolocation system, which he regularly checked on to monitor her whereabouts. Trying to justify his absence to teammates, the defender argued that he was not called up for the latest cup match, therefore he had no reason to remain with teammates. The moment he left the camp, he was disciplined and told he could find a new team. Padovani wasn't interested. He had other things on his mind. Stopping to spend the night at his parents' house, the footballer paid a visit to his grandfather's former workshop, in which he took just one item, a large, weighted claw hammer. Travelling to Alessandra's apartment one final time, Padovani took to social media, reflecting on his circumstances and what he was about to do. Translated to English, his post reads as follows. You never know the suffering that life reserves for you. It happens that you can love a person with all of yourself, but there are bad people. Manipulators, liars, born actresses who cheat on you and yet still profess love. I have had a lot of satisfaction throughout my career and I have shown many people that I am worthy as a player and as a man. I hope I have left everyone with good memories. Now, I apologize to you all, but I think it's time to leave. Lying in wait outside of her apartment complex, he was fully aware of Alessandra's location due to the live updates from his phone application. Her car arrived outside of the apartment block and she was completely alone. Upon confronting his lover, who had just finished work, the defenseless woman had no chance, barely shoulder height up to the muscular sportsman. On the 23rd of August, Giovanni Padovani beat Alessandra Mattiuzzi to death with the blunt edge of a hammer. Alessandra was still conscious when medics arrived, but died on the way to hospital of her head injuries. Padovani hit Alessandra with around 20 blows to the face and head, depriving her of her identity, leaving around a dozen fractures. He was found still waiting beside his victim when the police arrived shortly after the attack. The first to intervene following this frenzied ambush was the brave son of one of Alessandra's neighbors. Having been confronted, Padovani was quoted as saying, I'm not angry with you, I'm angry with her. I can't wait for the police to come. I want to finish it all. Upon inspection of the crime scene, Alessandra's mutilated body was found with a can of stinging spray beside her, bought out of her handbag as a precautionary measure. She kept this item on her at all times, fearful of an encounter with her deranged ex-boyfriend. It's 
femicide or feminicide, it depends the way you want to say it, which shows the crime committed on a woman because she is a woman. So the reason why still now women are killed when they decide to close a relationship, basically, and to be independent, it is because uh, there are still men who believe women are a property. Traumatized by the circumstances surrounding Alessandra's death, the model sister, Stefania, revealed to officers that she was on the phone to her moments before the attack. Recalling the incident, she recounts, Alessandra got out of her car and started screaming. No, Giovanni, no. I beg you, help. I was on the phone. I immediately called the police who arrived straight away. I lived 30 kilometers away, so I couldn't help. In the end, he beat her to death. The incident was huge news, both locally and internationally. And amid public outcry, Bologna's chief prosecutor denied accusations of judicial negligence in the case. He claimed that probes were immediately launched after each of Alessandra's harassment complaints, but the investigation could not conclude as witnesses were on holiday. Court proceedings were soon underway and gave further insight into the mind of Italy's public enemy number one. Padovani took to the stand and explained that he had brought the hammer with him from his family home, not to harm his ex, but to defend himself should trouble arise. He alleged that Alessandra's sister and her partner had threatened him in the past, so he was worried about what might happen should they be present. Detailing his reason for traveling to confront Alessandra, he described how during their period of separation, she had added some of his former teammates and friends on social networks, and he wanted to discuss these matters with her in person. Unsurprisingly, Giovanni's account of the events vary from eyewitness reports. The footballer claimed that when he went to meet her, Alessandra was immediately shouting and screaming, acting aggressively as soon as she saw him waiting outside the apartment building. Padovani alleges that he put a finger to her mouth, motioning for her not to speak. This only angered Alessandra more as she continued screaming, saying that she had already called the police. He claims that at this point, he had a fit of rage, hitting her on the head once, but the hammer broke immediately, ending the attack. As we know, post-mortem results show this to be a bare-faced lie. Multiple blows to the skull and many other injuries were detected at chest level. The cause of death identified by the coroner was a hemorrhage due to the crushing of the skull from multiple swings. Yet another senseless and preventable killing which has shone a light on domestic abuse within Italy. The murder of Alessandra is likely to become a mere statistic if nothing more is done to protect women in the country. Alessandra's sister elaborates. Your memory will remain forever in our hearts, stronger than any hug, stronger than any word. You will be the light in our dark moments. Continue to shine, even from up there. Other members of the family are more reflective, attentive to the fact that her killing could have been prevented. 
Sandra's uncle summarizes the events and what needs to be done. Something will have to be done after what happened. This is for all women and the fact that one day they may face a very serious problem like we have. Any woman can fall into a relationship defined by possession. The attitude on my part could have been to intervene, but there were many people who should have intervened too. Friday the 25th of November was the symbolic day chosen to launch an initiative in memory of Alessandra. The International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. In Zanaboni Park, near the apartment where the vibrant and popular women lived, a bright red bench was installed as a tribute. This is one of many such commemorative sites to be set up around the country as the nation seeks a solution to Italy's worrying wave of violent femicides. If you want to hear more tales of footballers and their crimes, subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice. And be sure to check out our previous episodes. Goodbye for now.